following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation Football Talk for Fans by Fans right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and alongside with me as always, the Wizard of Jaws, Derek Jaws, in the house for some discussion topics. What's going on, my man? How are you? Oh, buddy. What are we doing? What are we doing here? Oh, we're talking about stuff. Got it. Let's I think talk. so. Let's talk. Let's let's chit chat. Let's do the thing. Um, yeah, week fourteen, uh, uh, all finished up. Uh, it ended pretty excitingly, I would dare so say. Right, uh, uh, Rams so, yeah. beating the Cardinals. Uh, not a whole lot of people were expecting that, especially with all the COVID announcements at the uh, at like five hours before the game started. But a uh, a pretty exciting week at that. Let's start off with our work week 14 takeaways. Jazz, let's start off with you. I would like to formally put out there that I called that win on Monday. Um, if you listen to Shot Takes, which is uh, my online radio show, uh, I said it wouldn't surprise me if the Rams took that game because they they felt like they've been due. Um, they, they felt like it's just been a matter of time until they got things right again, and they seem to be clicking on a lot of different cylinders. Uh, Aaron Donald is a dude. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, play one snap one. That dude took a grown ass man and put him in the lap of a not so grown ass, grown ass man for a sack. Like he got a sack because he drove a guard into Kyler Murray. Just fuck you. I'm here. What's up? Set the tone. It was impressive. Uh, We used to call that first hit. Right. Like who, who wanted the first hit, who wanted to set the tone for the game by, by just showing up and saying, this is going to be today. And Aaron Donald did it. Uh, yeah, that's, that was, that was nuts. Um, I really, my only other takeaway from this week is we are in for one hell of a wild ride these last three weeks. Uh, NFL football, fantasy football. It doesn't matter. Um, I lost, I needed, nine point or 10 points going into Sunday night to win and move on in the playoffs for our uh, fantasy league. Yeah. I got two. <laughs> Mr. Chavez knocked me off because <laughs> of my man, Josh Allen, having a day. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if Chris was trying. Chris was even trying. That's, that's what the sad thing is. I know. I know he had a bad, he had a bad run and uh, your boy just, didn't quite get the uh, the performance I needed. Uh, I forget who I had going in um, the Sunday night game, but I was like, oh, I had Darnell Mooney. I needed 10 points from Darnell Mooney to take the W. And I was like, I got this. Five catches and 50 yards. Easy. Yeah. Easy. For right? Mooney, absolutely. He had one, one catch for 19. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> and here's, here's up until about an hour ago. All right. 
another league that I'm in with the stat man. All right. Uh, from our buddy Austin from hat stats and stats and the producers with me. Uh, we had a, we had a scenario where there were four of us vying for one playoff spot. I was playing the dude who, who was in the spot. I needed to win. And then him and one other dude also needed to win to have a shot to make the playoffs. I'm the only one who won. And then it came down to the tiebreaker of first head to head. We split the season series. Right. And then it's overall point scored. He has scored 3,616 points. I have scored 3,614. Oh my God. So I, <laughs> I, I was, I was behind going into last night. I had Van Jefferson and Cooper cup. I took the W with ease and then realized I was two points short. Oh, but then we realized there's another week of the season and I still have a shot. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good thing. That is a good uh, thing. What a, it, and this is what I mean. It's going to be a wild ride, fantasy football, regular football. It's just going to be nuts. No, it is. It is very, very exciting stuff right now. Um, yeah, the, the fancy football thing is, 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 it is intriguing, right? Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's typical fancy football stuff, but man, this extra week, like that we're getting, uh, you know, the bye weeks coming in and, and week 14, like it's showing everything through a loop. And a lot of teams, you know, a lot of leagues are starting fantasy football playoffs right now. It's uh, it is a very, very good time to be a football fan uh, right now in 2021. So, um, yeah, so that was a pretty big takeaway. I wanted to give a shout out. Uh, the Broncos Demarius Thomas tribute was amazing. Absolutely incredible, man. I love it. Um, right. This is why I love not the first time, right? This is why I love sports is because of stuff like this. And it was even cooler that, that Dan Campbell, the lions were, were ready for it. And they're like, yeah, do your thing. We're going to decline the penalty. You know, this is, this needs to happen. And you know, a huge, huge thing in respect. Demarius Thomas is a, you know, a, uh, a Denver Broncos uh, legend, I, I would dare so say, right? I think he's oh, the one for who, sure. He caught the Tim Tebow pass that uh, put him to the site, the divisional round. The to the only pass from the Tim only Tebow. pass, yes, the, the only one, um, essentially. And and so many memories. I did want to acknowledge that that was like it was it was cool. I, I get I get emotional when I see just football players. You know, it's it's this big, rough and tough, you know, guy sport and. Um, when, when they kind of come together for stuff like that, it does make me happy to see, um, some other takeaways that I had from the week, uh, Panthers still stink. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to, here, I'm going to pull a jazz. I'm going to pull a jazz. All right. We're going to go through this. Um, uh, Washington football team sucks. Jaguars suck. Texans suck. Raiders suck. Jets suck. Yeah, Panthers suck again. Um, Giants suck. Lions, respectfully, they suck. Uh, <laughs> they nicely suck because they they went in with it. So, so that's that's kind of where we're at right now. Welcome to my world, buddy. Next time, next time you drop a me, I'm just gonna drop a stone cold what after everything you say. <laughs> yeah, or we, I, we can do it together. I, we can be like, oh, there's gonna be a job segment. Name the team, and the other one, one of us names the team. The other one just said sucks. I'm down for that. I'm completely hundred percent down for that. So we're gonna have to we'll work towards that. We'll we'll get there. But yeah, as far as takeaways go, that was uh that was pretty much it. One of the better Bears games I think I've seen. Um, but also another, you know, that Bears that, that Bears Matt Nagy was just having fun. Uh and then five like five minutes after that, he was down by two touchdowns. <laughs> or right. no, the Packers scored two touchdowns. 
So it was uh, it was a pretty, pretty wild and crazy day. No doubt about it, but or a week of football action. But yeah, that's kind of the biggest takeaways, um, you know, from this week of, of, of stuff. Let's move on to discussion topic number two. All right. Jimmy G has been actually been playing really, really good and uh, got a game winning touchdown in overtime for the uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. Put them over the Bengals this past week. Um, you know, that this last offseason, 2020 to 2021 offseason was uh, marred with a lot of questions. Is, is Jimmy G the guy? And of course, drafting uh, Trey Lance was like, oh, San Fran's moving on and getting ready to, to, to go on from him. My question for us is this, is uh, Jimmy G done enough to hold on to that QB1 role uh, going forward? I say that he has. I say that he has. I know Trey Lance has been um, a little banged up, a, a little banged up this year. I think he had an a, a injury in like week four or five early on, but this is some of the better football I've seen Jimmy G play in probably a, a considerable, you know, a long time. I get it, the injury proneness whatnot but man San Fran went from a team who I thought was way overhyped this year and then probably still was in hindsight that they were overhyped to a team that's well they're going to make the playoffs right they're, they're, they're probably going to make the playoffs they have a pretty favorable stretch of uh, of games coming up and their defense is cooking their offense is humming like I feel like this offense is looking with the exception of course the running back game uh, from a passing standpoint the uh, the the 49ers are like but this 40 version of the 49ers offense's passing game is better than what we've seen in 2019. I, I I feel that. I feel like Jimmy G can be trusted. Um, like I said, he's he's not he doesn't feel like a game manager anymore. He feels like he's taken a significant step forward um in, in being a true QB one. So I'm all in on Jimmy G. I'm not sure how San Francisco 49ers fans feel, but I think we've seen enough this year. And of course, if he hopefully he stays healthy where Jimmy G is definitely a uh, definitely should be the guy going into 2022. I agree. Um, and and really let's, let's think about this. This is a great problem to have. Yeah. Right? You have, you have the dude you think is your future and you're in a situation where you don't have to go and watch him do Trevor Lawrence things and, you know, struggle through a rookie season. Um, you have Jimmy G he, Jimmy G's 30. All right. So even if he gets, if you get another year or two out of him, all right, then he he goes uh, tries to find, you know, life and still show that there's tread on the tires. Maybe in Washington, maybe in Carolina, maybe in Houston, maybe in anywhere else that needs a quarterback. Um, and you have your guy who's got two to three years now of experience watching a guy do it at a decent level. I mean, this is this is a great scenario. All right, worst case scenario, Jimmy G sucked and you put your kid in that you thought was going to be your future and let him learn trial by fire a la Josh Allen. Right. Um, you don't have to do that. You have the position figured out. You know, I, I don't know what his uh, what his contract, I don't know if his contract is up this year. I think he signed um, a six-year deal in 20, when did he get traded? I think it was 2017 he got traded and then in that offseason, they gave they gave him a massive extension. Like I think it was like a six year deal. Um, yeah. I was, so that's that's kind of where I think they're at. But I, I'm not entirely certain. I'd have to check, you know, some contract stuff. But um, so like maybe on the plus side, maybe you do have him under contract for maybe one more year. Um, 
And then, all right, so then you weigh the option, like, do we try to trade the dude to someone who really needs him, or do we hang on to him and then try to like see where we're at at the end of next year, see what he does. And I mean, cause I'll tell you what, the dude looks like he's playing for his life. Uh, probably kind of cause he is, um, you know, he's got a solid stat line. He has 66%, uh, 66.7% completion, uh, 2,900 yards, 17 touchdowns, only eight picks. Um, you know, is he a fantasy stud? No, but is he? Lately, he has been, though. Yeah, That's the, the thing. Like, the last sure. month or so, he's actually been fantasy starter worthy. You know, and, and it's, it's just one of those things where this this guy is, he's definitely good enough. Um, you know, and I, and I think he's taken that step. We, and you kind of saw, like, like Tyrod Taylor, right? When he, like, the, his last little stretch with the Bills, and then, you know, kind of what we saw from at points this year, which is the next like chunk of starts that he was able to get because of uh, injuries and doctors with rogue needles. But um, I mean, he 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 had that point where, you know, and, and I get crucified for saying this, but starting Nate Peterman over Tyrod was one of the best things that ever happened to Tyrod because it showed this isn't just your job outright. Nate Peterman sucked and threw five picks and seven fumbles and, I don't know, kicked a field goal for the other team somehow, but it showed you, know, you got to do more. You can't just protect the football and play it safe. You can't play not to lose. You got to start playing to win. Yeah. And this is what it looks like. We're getting Jimmy G coming out of this whole thing with, well, I got hurt and I got lucky that the kid got hurt too, because I might just be sitting here watching. So I got to play some football. And it, I mean, Jimmy GQ coming out and playing some football. Also, when the hell did this Prince Al- Prince Aladdin nickname come up? I never heard that. And and the great Garoppolo. I like that one. I like that one, but like I've heard Jimmy GQ. What was like, that? Aladdin? Got, what was that other it, one? It, Prince Aladdin. I, I've never heard that before. But it's I mean, I could, football I, reference. I could see it, but I've never ever heard that. And but that's 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 a strange one. Uh just for that he should get cut. We should. But I didn't pick it. Goodbye. Uh, <laughs> Somebody else put that on the interwebs. <laughs> Jimmy Don't. G, you just got nominated for the first ever uh, Hat Stats and Stats Sucky Award. Worst nickname ever. That's a good one. <laughs> put that nomination down. Um, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, as far as Jimmy G goes, I think he's played wonderfully this year. Uh, you know, it, it's been a it's been a up and down season for San Francisco. But listen, if you, you put things together is San Francisco a, a why did I say it like that? San Francisco San is San Francisco a playoff team right now without, without Jimmy G. I don't like believe so. that they are. No. So, and that's uh that is a telltale sign of what Jimmy G means to this team and, uh, and possibly his future long-term. I don't know, but or as far as long, long-term, I don't know, but I think he's at least earned it for the time being until he screws up um, until he finds a way to screw up. No doubt about that. So two yeses for Jimmy G uh, being the guy going forward. Discussion topic number three, Jaws. We'll start off with you for this one. Chase Claypool. Oh, God. Oh, I have heard for years, right? I have heard for years that Mike Tomlin is a great coach. And a great leader of men. I think he is still. And, and for two, two years now. And, and like, and he, he, he kind of like drew that line in the sand with the whole uh, Le'Veon Bell thing and the Antonio Brown thing. Like you are not bigger and better than the team, like whatever. Right. 
And now for two years, I watched Juju Smith-Schuster go TikTok dancing on people's logos and stuff. And then like giving teams, I, I actually, I literally just came across this in my memories on Facebook where Josh Allen's pregame speech before they laid the, it, all of the, all of the rock layeth the smacketh down on the Steelers last year saying, let them have all their fun and do all the fucking TikTok dances they want. We've been working. Let's go win this fucking thing. And they did, um, you know, and it took what, like what four losses in a row for Tomlin to look at some Juju Smith Schuster and be like, "Hey, dude, stop dancing on other teams' shit." And he did. Great, awesome. Now you have Chase Claypool, who I mean, he takes a, a bad penalty early in the game, and then he does like does this, like the celebration that costs you the game. And now, all right, it has to be said. I, I, I read his his retort, right? His, his explanation, if you will. And I don't know if you saw this, but he basically came out and said, I like I got tackled. I looked up. The referee was running. I turned like toward me. I turned and pointed for the first down and was going to turn and give him the ball as he got to me, which was the line of scrimmage. Me getting the like getting the ball to him any faster would not have gotten him to the line of scrimmage any faster than he was doing it. So it was no big deal. And it was the, he, he essentially blamed the offensive lineman that came up behind him. Like, give me the damn ball. Give me the damn ball for the reason the ball ended up getting knocked away and costing them 10 seconds. Um, and then you take it a step further. And if you actually watch the video, there was a, a Viking got away with one here. Uh, there was a Vikings defensive player that ended up like pushing the ball behind his back a little bit, yeah. uh, whether it was knocked out of the lineman's hands or Claypool's hands or whatever. And that's all well and good. All right. Even if that was your assessment that like me looking and pointing, like I'm not like this, this dude isn't going to run faster because I got him the ball faster. He's coming to me where the ball needs to be. I did my thing. Even if that's true, even if that's true, the reason your offensive lineman ran up to you like a fucking freak and was like, give me the ball, give the ball, give the ball, give the ball was because you should have been in a hurry. The reason that the, the Vikings player felt the need to knock the ball away and try to get away with it, which was stupid because he, I mean, yeah, that could have been a penalty that stopped the clock for you. Could have been away with it. But why did he get away with it? Because everyone but you on the field was in a hurry. If you just get up and start looking to hand the ball to a referee, your lineman doesn't run up to you like a, like a freak. And then it's blatant. If that guy knocks the ball here, just get the ball to the fucking referee. What's wrong with you? Like why? Like why do you need like if you score to tie or take the lead, whatever you end up doing? Uh, I believe they were down eight, so they would have to score and get two points to force overtime. If that happens, celebrate with your team when you score. Correct. Because you celebrated a first down, that meant literally nothing. It meant you got to take a shot at the end zone instead of three, because you're an idiot. Yeah, it showed that Claypool is not a team player. And listen, he he's a very, very talented wide receiver. There's no doubt about it. But man, he has been nothing but it, just just something all the time. Like the last two years, there's been a lot of just just stuff and things that he's done. And it's like, my God, like just stop talking. <laughs> just stop. Your team is losing. You have no reason to celebrate. You have no reason to celebrate. 
I mean, that, right. that, that like we talk about like these selfish wide receivers all the time, um, selfish players, uh, stats, guys, receptions, yeah, all that, all that, all that jazz. And to make a kind of, I mean, a measly first down, an important first down, but a measly first down at that, like it was like maybe a six, seven yard completion and to take the time to do that huge difference. And I, I get it. He's in, in his second year. All right. They, they constantly show, showed a, uh, a clip of Larry Fitzgerald, who obviously had a lot much more, a lot more time than uh, Chase Claypool did when he did this, but catching a pass, getting a first down, running it like crazy back to under center, to, back to under center and yeah. to, to get it. And I, listen, I don't know whose fault that is. I mean, I feel like that's basic situational football awareness. Yeah, like I would, I would like to imagine that if I've been playing football since high school, since college, that I would know that, hey, we have a bit of an urgency here, right? And, and listen, the most important part of any two-minute drill is, is situational awareness. What do I got to do? How many timeouts do we have left? Where, how far do I, you know, how far do we got to go? All that stuff comes into play, and just Claypool just seems so oblivious of it, just to get his, just to create a cool, you know, just to do this cool first down dance. And he's he's just a flex all, he just a flex a lot. Like yeah. la- last year, you know, losing never heard of her, and then you know, boom, 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 just just all that. He, shitting on Cleveland after they beat him two weeks in a row. Like just that sort of thing. Just dude, shut up. Right. Shut up. Just stop. Talk. Just stop talking. Stop and, doing stuff. Just and the worst talking. part of it is like the, the media asked, they asked Roethlisberger, like, did you say or do anything? Did you say anything to Claypool? And he, his answer was, I don't think that's my job to correct him. <laughs> like what? First off, I agree. But on the other end, like, don't you got that C on your chest, homeboy? Yeah. Like, don't don't you got that fancy little patch with all the stars and shit? Like where they tried to make it look like a like a military decoration on your jersey there where, you know, you're the important one. Yeah. I like, think Big Ben's just throwing in the towel. I, I I really like that's kind of where I'm at. He just does not I mean, I do I blame him? No. But look at what he's had, what he's had to deal with the last like five years. Le'Veon Bell drama, Antonio Brown drama, Juju Smith Schuster. TikToking over other teams' logos and just fucking up shit, and then you get Chase Claypool. Like, why do I want to be here? Like, I, I, I right. don't care. I I mean, don't I, care. I've I've never in his is it in the entirety of his career I've never seen Ben bark at a coach. No, it's like a weekly occurrence. All of a sudden, like he gets sacked and he looks at Tomlin and he's like and he's mouthing like he's like screaming at him, and I'm like, uh, dude. <laughs> Like this, and which tells me this is a thing where, like, hey, your offensive line doesn't understand the call. What what are you yelling at the coach for you getting sacked for? Like, what's the issue? Like, are if you're yelling at the coach, that tells me that you're saying that the dudes in front of you aren't prepared, right? They aren't ready. Like, that's what that tells me. Because at this point, like, you gotta, like, you're the one, you're the one sliding protection. Like, that's not on the coach. And if the protection doesn't slide, like I like now, if I'm sitting there, like I took a sack, I slid the protection that way and they didn't go. Um, uh, like I'm looking at the coach, like they don't know what they're doing. Like you need to coach them better. Like what, 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 why are you yelling at the coach there? But he is 
So like what's happening, what's happening in Pittsburgh. And I think your question kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, I think there's a culture problem in Pittsburgh right now. Yeah, I, I, I certainly do too. There's no leadership. There's, there doesn't feel any leadership like Pittsburgh for the longest time. Um, it, I felt like there was leadership, you know, you had the, uh, you know, I mean, this is going back quite a considerable amount of time, but Troy Palomalu and, uh, and of course, big Ben, like those prime, those grown ass men playing football. And now do you think it, anyone able to pull this crap with James Harrison on the team, ha, James Harrison, part, hell no, like hell that dude no. would have eaten you literally would have just yes. ripped your helmet off in half. Not the not the easy way. Not take it off. You just ripped it in half and bit your face. Yeah. Like stop doing stupid shit. You stupid shit. Right. Yeah, Ugh. that's and that's like that's what has changed is that they don't have a veteran leader. TJ Watts, I mean, TJ Watt is probably the most significant player right now overall. Yeah. But he's on the young side. He's not like he hasn't and, been and he's having trouble staying on the field. That too. He hasn't been able to be like that that leader, but you I mean, even still, um, emotional leader on the defensive side, yes, but like on the offensive side, who do they have? Aside from Big Ben, who just he's 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 checked out. Yeah, your tight ends are rookie, your running backs are rookie, your receiving core is what all they're all on rookie contracts right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like and the dude, so the dude you'd look at for leadership is basically checking out of that and just no, I don't think I don't think this is my job. Like, <laughs> does that does that mean you've tried and basically got told to go fist yourself? Like, is I mean, that what we're talking about? would you blame him though with everything that happened with AB? No, I mean, would you blame him if he's just like, no, nah, I, I tried. I tried this once before. I'm not falling for it again. Well, and like maybe maybe and we don't know. Maybe he did like look at Juju last year. Be like, dude, like dance after we win. Like yeah. you can dance on any you, dance on their graves after we beat them. Like, but stop. Give, like, stop giving these dudes bulletin board material. Stop like putting things on TikTok that are pissing these teams off, giving them more motivation to beat us. Yeah, like. And focus on winning the football game. Yeah, blow it out your ass, old man. 10-4, good buddy. Like, yeah, I'd probably check out too. Because at some point, like you're you're the odd man out. If if this is a big if this is a big culture problem, you're the odd man out eventually. Pretty much. I I and I don't see anything like different. Like Tomlin, like and I do believe he's a is a fantastic coach. I I really do. I believe he is. But man, he's got to lay the hammer down on these guys. Like if Pittsburgh wants to have this continuing tradition of, of winning and, and Tomlin's, uh, it, he doesn't probably care about that. It's about, you know, winning Super Bowls and all that jazz. But, you know, being above 500, which is at jeopardy right now, you know, yep. it's it's Tomlin has to control his team or he's going to be out the door. I don't think he's like he's done a lot of good, but uh I don't know if he would you consider him like legacy like at this point, like if this team like goes in the direction that we all think it's going right, which is not like it's not going in a good direction. Is he like fireproof? I think right now he is. I I don't think it's been. I, I don't think it's been a long enough persistent issue. I mean, we're talking about a dude who's been the head yeah, coach been for a while since 07. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got to be close to like, I mean, at least a top 10, if not top five, 10 year coach, as far as like length of length of employment, right. All time. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even just right now, like, who's, 
Who's been on a team as a coach longer? Belichick? Yeah. And don't know who else? When did Pete Carroll go to Seattle? He's been there for a while. Um, I don't think longer than Tomlin, though. No. Maybe Peyton. Maybe Sean Peyton. So, like, at this point, off the top of our head, maybe maybe number three? Yeah. Like yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I mean I want to see Tomlin do good there for a long time, but uh, the rate the way it's just going, uh, it's P, just P Carroll was twenty ten. Twenty ten. Okay. So, but but yeah, I mean just the the way it's looking. I'm no Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I don't have a vested interest in their team, their franchise, their direction, anything like that. But it just seems like this the, the players are just slipping out of the grasp of yeah. of discipline. And, and and, may, and maybe part of the reason is because he doesn't want to risk losing the locker room and risking his job if the players stop playing for him. So he kind of lets them go a little bit. And, you know, I, I could see that rubbing someone like Ben, who's been around for two decades, the wrong way. Right. You know, like, this, is, this isn't how we did things. This isn't us. Yeah, well, you know, times are changing, bud. Uh, maybe. And, 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 little little fun wrinkle. How well do you think this shit's going to go over if Aaron Rodgers goes to Pittsburgh next year? Oh, Aaron Rodgers would have dropped kicked Chase Claypool right there and done the, the, the discount double check belt celebration over him. Oh, he would have motherfucked him in a heartbeat. And he would have taken it. He would have taken he would have let the clock run out just to scream at him. Yeah, <laughs> just just to prove a point, you dumb motherfucker. And time runs out like you look. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. You think there's I mean, if this is even a possibility next year, do you think seeing what this roster is is like in some, in some cases i some not every not top to bottom but would this deter a guy like Aaron Rodgers from wanting to kind of go there if there's a cultural issue um i don't think so solely based on Aaron Rodgers believes Aaron Rodgers is the culture right um and we kind of saw that i also i don't know if he actually leaves green bay now with the way everything so happened either. and how and how they kind of like shielded him from any any repercussions from the covid stuff and i i think he ends up sticking around i think so too uh it, yeah i think he's a lifer all right that is discussion topic number three discussion topic number four urban meyer back in the news a uh, couple reports out last loser. week loser my assistant coaches are losers which he uh which I think in one instance he admitted and in another instance he goes, we have somebody leaking information. They're going to be fired right on the spot. Um, I, I Yeah. That's it's all you can really do at this point. Next topic five. No. Um, yeah. Urban Meyer's got to go. It's plain and simple. We've been talking about it for uh, since what week three, week four, when they played the Bengals, we've been talking yeah. about the urban Meyer drama, man, this dude does not give a shit in the worst possible way. Not in like a fun, cool way in the worst possible way that you don't want to. He's pushed Shad Khan, who is close. They said they're going to make a, uh, a decision, a, a well thought out decision, but Khan has not confirmed nor denied that Urban Meyer will be Jacksonville Jaguars head coach in 2022, which um, if I was Urban Meyer, I'd be sweating a little bit. Yeah, I'd be sweating a little bit. This is not how you change a culture. You know, we just talked about culture with Pittsburgh. 
You know, Jacksonville has been a losing culture for a long time. A long time. Urban Meyer's way of handling all this has not been good for culture. It's been relatively abysmal, honestly. Watch for the size, and I get it. Like, it's it's media. You know, they like to hype stuff up, clickbait, you know, just, just get reactions, that sort of thing. But, you know, obviously, the, it, it's just body language. Again, going back to body language, right? You see that little handshake that uh, Meyer and, and, and Vrabel had? Yeah. Vrabel passion. I mean, it's obviously he won, but, but he, you know, Urban Meyer did the old, like, flick of the wrist handshake thing and just walk back, just walk by. <clears throat> Urban Meyer is a joke. <laughs> Urban Meyer is an at like I, I I got to I got to report on some of his shenanigans um via the radio sports show and reading through the idea or just like what he said and what happened with this report of calling his staff like like calling his staff losers and like Marvin Jones was so mad at both the public and private handling of the wide receiver room that he left the facility and had to be bribed back by like other staff members. And then it came out that like in a different meeting behind closed doors, like urban Meyer basically said like, you know, I don't know what, what's wrong with you guys. Like I'm a winner. I've always been a winner. Like the rest of you guys just have this losing mentality and like, this losing culture and like i i just don't know if i can handle being around all these losers like and he's like oh i I didn't say that he didn't come out like it's not like he was like listen i said what i said was i've been part of winning teams and winning cultures in the past and like what we have going on right now isn't it and like he said like that I, i i didn't call them losers and if, if there is a leak, uh, if, if there's somebody out there leaking this, like they're unemployed, like in seconds. Yeah. So, like, I don't know, man, if you called your staff losers, you have a leak. <laughs> like, If that actually happened, there's a leak and it's true. So uh, I have questions. He also came out and said, and you'll get a kick out of this one, that he he holds that he that he has a standard of the way he does things. And he holds his entire staff and his team and himself to that standard. So apparently all his, his team and his staff needs to do is go out, giving the old two knuckler to some college co-ed at a bar <laughs> and they're good because that's the standard that is, the standard. is publicly set. Yes. Yes. He's an idiot. No, he's, he's, he's bad. And he's getting bashed again by everybody in the, in the media and rightfully so he's not, he's not an accountability guy. All right. I'm surprised he hasn't faked a heart attack yet and got himself out. I think we're getting close to that. I, I would, I would, I would put $5 down on that bet. I, I think, I think it came out of too quick. I think, I think the, uh, the media shitstorm like they haven't one hits and he's like, shit, I can't fake one. Now they'll know. <laughs> and then like, we, we just start hitting that. Like, Oh, maybe, 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 maybe shit. Something else is a son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> He just can't catch the break where it's not going to look too obvious. Uh, that's really, that's honestly what I think is happening. I, th- I think it's been in the plans for about a half a season now, but he hasn't been out of the media long enough for it not to look fake as shit. <laughs> oh, God. You're welcome. I'm ready for it. I'm so ready for it. I just, just let it happen. 
just let it happen. Um, yeah, Urban Meyer's got to go. It's important for the rest of this team or for the Jags, the Jaguars to be relevant. Um, it's important for the development of Trevor Lawrence. I've said that a few times this week. Uh, Urban Meyer should have never been put in charge of his growth and development into a professional football player. Never, ever, ever should have happened. Um, and a lot of these other pieces. I mean, look at the, just the like James Robinson. I seen he got like a, like a, less than a handful of carries against Tennessee. And James Robinson is one of their best, most consistent weapons. This dude was yeah. third in rushing yards last year, undrafted. Um, and look what Urban Meyer did to him. Yeah, and like he he's put Car- what Carlos Hyde in front of him a couple times this year. Uh, one time he flat out benched him because he's like, oh, he's just not producing. Yeah. And he admitted to that. He's like, yeah, I benched him. Uh, hey, man, I have some questions. Yeah. What are you doing? And especially like, to when your rookie quarterback has to. Uh, uh, when your rookie quarterback has to tell you, hey, put James Robinson on the field. That's bad. Right. That's that's right. embarrassing. Now, I'm done with Urban Meyer. I don't know a whole lot of people who are are about it. I don't maybe Jags fans, you know. I I, I get it. I don't even know who Urban Meyer is. <laughs> they they know two things. They have a football team, and the guy who owns the football team owns a pro uh, a pro sports for uh, or a pro wrestling franchise. That's we'll true. That's true. That's, that's all they know. They, they they think CM Punk plays quarterback for them. They don't know what the fuck's going on in there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that's where they're headed at, man. Poor Jags fans. Uh, I, I This team was so exciting in 2017. Blake Bortles playing his best ball, Saxonville, um, Allen Robinson when he gave a shit, uh, and, and, you know, a couple other pieces. And, uh, yeah, now they're just they're just kind of swimming in, in below mediocrity. Yeah. Obscurity, we'll call it. Yeah, I'll agree to that. All right, my friend, we are on. We are flying through this. We are on to discussion topic number five. All right. It is the third quarter. Uh, The third quarter of the season has concluded. We have four more weeks of football left, 15, 16, 17, and 18. It is time for your third quarter season awards. All right. Let's start off with the MVP race. Who are we looking at uh, on your end? You're going to love me for this one. Probably Jonathan Taylor. I want to believe it. I want to believe it'll happen. And and listen, I, I believe this because I am not married to the idea that the MVP should be a purely statistical award, which means a quarterback's going to win it. I believe, I, I believe that there are a couple of people who can be put in the conversation for like, like defensive players that could be in the conversation. But as far as a, a team that without this guy, the team doesn't click. I think Jonathan Taylor, if he goes down, the, the Colts season ends. Because I don't think you can plug and play a guy like that. We've seen it with the Titans. They can't do it with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's been out and they, and they haven't found their running game since. No, they um, really haven't. And, and, and Jonathan Taylor's in the same, in the same boat. You know, um, when Derrick Henry was leading the NFL in rushing yards, uh, the next guy who was still like two and a half or 200 yards behind him was Jonathan Taylor. And that was when the, the Colts weren't like, Hey, we're a running team. We're going to run the ball. They tried to be like more of an offensive, like a passing offense. And then they figured it out. And 
I mean, Jonathan Taylor, I believe if they used him the right way from Jump Street and Derrick Henry didn't get hurt, those two would be like toe-to-toe racing to see who could break the single-season record this year. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I think if you take him out of that offense, that offense looks not good. And to me, that makes you the most valuable. When you're a playoff team and fighting for a playoff spot, and it's 100% because of your running back, you have to have him in the conversation. No, I for sure I, 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 I definitely want that to happen. I've also said that, you know, I think I said it a couple of weeks ago is that, you know, usage is, is going to play a big part in, in all that. But JT deserves it just as much as anybody, just yep. as much as anybody. Um, I am, I, I want to see a couple more big performances before I, I'm like, I'm all about it. You know what I mean? Before I'm like all in on it. I mean, emotionally, I want to see it happen. How cool would it be for Jonathan Taylor the Colts running back to win MVP the first time since Adrian Peterson in 2012. It'd be incredible. Yeah. However, we finally have uh, some quarterback play that is a uh, emerging and uh, doing pretty dang well for itself. Thomas Brady, 40, what, four years old now? Yeah, something like that. 44, 45, 97, you just, 104. You just, yeah, 44. You just sniffed really hard, so this is going to get bad. <sighs> yeah. I mean, his numbers are incredible right now. Hard to argue with. Hard to argue with. Un- like, sadly, unfortunately, hard to argue with. His numbers are incredible. Y- yardage touchdowns, INT ratio. Um, you know, he's had a couple doozies of games, multi-interception games, but like it's it's hard not to we all know this is a quarterback friendly award. We all know it. Oh yeah. All right. Um, but I think Brady is right now the one quarterback that has stepped up when it matters when, when this is the final stretch. This is the home stretch. And Brady has stepped up sadly and unfortunately, um, into that category when no other quarterback has really stepped up. You know, Murray has been kind of blah the last quarter, right? We we don't, he was heard most of it. I, I understand that. But even still, while playing, he's been relatively blah. Um, Josh Allen put up an MVP performance in the second half of that game on Sunday. Sure did. But, uh, you know, it, Where, where's it been prior to that? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Stafford has fallen flat. Matthew Stafford has fallen, has fallen flat until last night. No, oh, Monday night. Um, Stafford has fallen flat in recent right. weeks uh, or in recent. The, the, the two looked good Monday night. Where's that been for four weeks? Correct. Um, you know, I, I, I think that Brady has done it. I, I in my heart. I do this thing when I make picks, you know, you pick with my heart and pick with my mind. My heart says Jonathan Taylor, my mind. I can, I, I just know it's Tom Brady. I, I know it's, it's, it's him uh, just based on the way that he's just performed and the history of that award. It, it pisses me off. Like, did you see that throw to Mike Evans in the end zone? That was disgusting. Oh yeah. Like, Poyer was in position to make that play, and he could have been jumping from right in front of Evans' toes. He wasn't touching that ball. And I know that because Evans caught the back of the football on its way down. 
and over his head. Like, yeah. that ball was being caught by Evans or no one. That, that throw is disgusting. And it makes me mad saying that. Granted, it was in his, in his danger zone. It was within 20 yards. But still, I digress. <laughs> Tom Brady's an asshole. I know. Not a lot of hope. Only because he's so fucking good. But only kind of so good. He's really good at, like, he's really, 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 really good at, like, this box of stuff that it's, but it's all he ever has to do. 50-some-yard touchdown pass to win the game. No, it was a five-yard pass that got taken to the house for 50-some yards. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) God. He's all business. He's really all business this year. He's not, like, uh, he's not really over But he's also having fun. Like he's, he's having, having fun, but he's all there. business, right? You know, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's kind of cool yet painful to live through. Mm-hmm. It's definitely cool and definitely painful to live through. But, uh, but yeah, Brady, I think is uh, de facto. I, I think de facto MVP right now. If Jonathan Taylor has a really good final quarter stretch where he's putting up a hundred plus yards a game, Frank Reich's using him properly, the way that we want him to. Uh, the way that Colts fans want him to, well, then it's he's definitely going to be up there. Um, but, I mean, for me, Jonathan Taylor's big game was that Buffalo game. Huge. Five touchdowns, you know, uh, and everything. that he hard, hard to top that one. Hard to top that one. But that's like, but after that, it's just kind of like, it's just been like another, and maybe that's just because he's that good, but it's like, oh, well, we got another 100-yard game. Or, you know, he did this, he did that. Good first quarter, good final quarter, and what are you laughing about? Uh, he 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 had another hundred yards. Great. <laughs> uh, he he only rumbled for ninety four and two touchdowns today. What a joke! He sucks. <laughs> Trash. Overrated. Fucking <laughs> ten ply. <laughs> All right. Um, so MVP, we got Jonathan Taylor and Brady, who I think we we both agree are are I think is a one A one B kind of concept, right? This kind of yeah. scenario. I will say this though, Brady is the current favorite to uh, win the MVP odds at minus one fifty. Second place is Aaron Rodgers, who I think has a really good case. He's as plus five fifty odds. Kyler Murray is third. Matthew Stafford is fourth. Patrick Mahomes is fifth. Herbert sixth. Jonathan Taylor is seventh. Dak Prescott is eighth. Josh Allen is ninth. Lamar Jackson tenth. Mac Jones is eleventh. And yeah, Joe we're Burrow. Done we're done here. <laughs> Mac Mac Jones ahead of Joe Burrow. Get out of here. <laughs> whoever whoever does these odds can blow it out their ass. Mac Jones ahead of Joe Burrow. Suck a dick. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Mac Jones. Blah. Shut up. God, it's like watching Joe Buck. <laughs> uh, let's move on to our coach of the year candidate as far as uh, the third quarter goes. <sighs> Belichick. <laughs> it is it's the only answer everyone else is muddling in obscurity and he's got this team with this jabroni of a fucking rookie quarterback throwing three passes in a game and they're winning I, I, he's just he's finding ways and that's all it takes is to find a way do i think he finds his way through the playoffs absolutely not i, I really don't but He's finding ways to be relevant, to be good, and and he's probably going to win the AFCs. He's probably going to win the AFC. He's probably going to be the one seed. Now, a lot a lot can go in, into helping that not be the case. If the Colts win this week and the Bills win next week, uh, that could be a big swing where we see the top shuffle. 
either one of those two ends up as a Patriots win, they're winning the AFC. They're going to have the first round by and the road to the Super Bowl goes through Foxborough and it irritates the shit out of me that that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely do not want the playoffs to go through Foxborough. <laughs> I, I definitely do not. Um, Colts, Bills. Let's do something, please. Yeah. Figure it out. Figure it out. Figure it out. Um, because <laughs> everybody else at the top of the AFC sucks. Oh it's my little, god! Like the the, ti- so the Titans are still riding the fact that they started started hot. Uh, the Ravens are riding the fact that that entire division doesn't want it. They none of them want to win. Casey's good. Uh, Casey's good. I'll give I'll Casey, give Casey's good. Casey's finally finally turned it up. But do we really want Patrick Mahomes to have a first round bye again? No, no. I want to see him win. I want to see him take the long road. I agree. I agree. But, but the shit is, part is, if we're talking about the Bills and the Colts beating the Patriots in the next two weeks, the team that's probably most apt to take over the one seed is the is, Chiefs. Is KC. Yeah. Because they have a they have a boo-boo cake schedule. Um, Football but, sucks. This is stupid. <laughs> fuck Mahomes and fuck the Patriots. If it's McMahon's booking this shit. My God! <laughs> yeah. I'm in the Belichick camp as well. Uh, I definitely was... That you know, definitely a uh, Cliff Kingsbury. I think he, you know, he he's deserving of of the award as well. There was a cool little exchange between Belichick and and, uh, and Kingsbury press conferences where where Cliff said, "Hey, Belichick deserves it. He's the man," and Belichick said, "No, what he's doing is pretty special." So a nice little sign of respect there. And and you know, if it, I think that he he is Cliff Kingsbury is. Man, they gave him the keys to a uh, to a really nice vehicle. Let's just say that, um, and he's doing he's exceeding I think a lot of people's expectations with, with what he has. But I think it's got to be Belichick. We knew what that we we knew what we expected this year, right? We we didn't expect this. I bought tickets to this Colts and Patriots game, thinking it was going to be a walk in the park. I am shit in my pants that I have to go to this game, sit front row, and potentially. Uh, use a Christmas gift on watching the Patriots beat the shit out of my Colts. And I'm going to have to go and cry when I go to the hotel, stay for a day, enjoy myself so I can get the, the, the Sunday, you know, the Sunday to Monday usage of my hotel room and then drive back. All right. I'm, I'm terrified right now. Um, it's exciting. And just think you could have been sitting in my seats for the Bills <laughs> Colts game and watched your Colts just piss on the Bills. But you said, no, I didn't did. want it. I did. I did. Let's go and jerk. Yep. That's <laughs> what I get. Fucking Christmas. Uh hate myself. Anyways, uh yeah, it's it's gotta be Bill Belichick. Exceeded expectations so far. Most likely gonna be a playoff team based on remaining, even if they go two and two this last quarter, they're in. They're in. There, there's no there's no denying it. So um all right. So biggest surprise team. I think we can biggest surprise team in a good way is I think it, I think we got to put the pads here. I think it just rolls right in right, right into it, right? They were last time we were talking about them, the last uh, like the, the midseason awards. Eh, they were kind of just like that turd, just kind of floating around. Remember, remember that time I said that they were only going to win three games the rest of the year. I do. Yeah, good for me. I do Fuck. remember that. <laughs> I nice do remember that. Paul, I know we all eat our words at some point. All we all eat our words. Uh, 
Yeah, I think we're in agreement that the Patriots have been the big, the biggest surprise uh, this year. I'll even if I had to give a runner up, I would say San Fran. That was what I was going to say. Um, just not overall. Like I had them picked to be very good at the start of the year, um, but with what they like, where they started, um, and to where they are now, fighting for a playoff spot, fighting to be relevant. Um, I, I that that was going to be my nod because I didn't want to talk about talk about the Patriots anymore. <laughs> uh, our biggest disappointing team. Uh, we may be in agreement of this. I would dare say it's Buffalo. Um, yeah, and I know we're we're very AFC minded and all this, but listen, there's no team that had bigger expectations this year that have kind of fallen short. And, and again, it's not it's it's not over. For them, they're they're still right in the middle of a very congested AFC where they can go and they can win games on the road. They can win at home. There's no doubt about that. But man, they dropped two straight against New England, against Tampa Bay in this last in this last month stretch. I think they've only won like one game. Yeah, and I think it was that. Uh, was it was Thanksgiving? Was the it was the Saints game, right? Yep. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a tough sign that that's, it's, it's very tough. And it sucks when you see like a guy like Josh Allen, who's playing his absolute heart out, right. He's playing his heart out and it's, it's not doing anything. We we've ranted and raved, raved plenty about what Buffalo, what Buffalo's got going on over the last, you know, a couple of weeks on our episodes. But, uh, you know, for this Buffalo team, that was, Built to built to beat Kansas City. Um, other teams are finding ways to beat the Bills in a different way, and Kansas City and Buffalo's previous way is not the way anymore. No, you know, and I, and I saw the Bills get back to something that they didn't that like we we haven't seen all year. And I saw the Bills get back to a, a style of play that the the passing game and the passing attack opened up the running game and the running uh, the running lanes. And weirdly, it was successful. Um, you know, I, I I talked about it with somebody a few weeks back where it was, you know, what's more concerning, the Bills' lack of running game or the Bills' incessant need to prove they can run the ball when they very blatantly cannot. Um, and really, it was just like, it, it just played more into the whole, like, what are we scheming for? What, like, what, where's the leadership here? And that's really my big question. Like, uh, offensively, I put it 100 Okay, 96% on Dable. Uh, things that you don't put on him are going for it versus not going for it. Um, I, I, I need the Bills to be more aggressive. Um, and just stupid boneheaded ideas. Like, th- like this, this feels like Bills of old, like Bills bullshit of old. Oh, we're going to go for it. But like, here comes a fake punt. Well, that didn't work. Like, you're not in fake punt territory. <laughs> like. Yeah, technically, you are in fake punt territory, which is why your fake punt didn't work because they were in fake punt defense. Like, they didn't rush upfield. Your direct snap was supposed to cut underneath the guys rushing from the outside or whatever. The guys rushing from the outside were supposed to get upfield, and you were going to come, like, in behind them with the ball, and nobody rushed. So right. you ran into, like, oh, crap, there's six dudes. Keep the goddamn offense out there. If you're going to go, go. Like, put your best players on the field and go get yourself a first down. What are you doing? Like the the whole thing as a whole from the top down has been very disappointing. The the lone bright spot has been our defense, which is still still somewhere in the top ten. 
or top five or top two or uh, still number one, something in there. I don't know. Figure it out. When's the last time the number one defense was like not favored in most games? Almost never. Right. This is a disappointing season. Yeah. Uh, the only way to really salvage this thing is to go to a Super Bowl, I think, for, for Buffalo. Because, um, I mean, you, you take a step back record wise. Yes, I realize there's their schedule is a little bit more difficult. Um, right. The, winning the AFC East, they play a lot of first place teams across the uh, National Football League uh, in this and that. But, man, just it it's not that they've lose lost. It's the way that they've lost, which I think is the most heartbreaking thing because they look like a shell of their former self. They and, you know, they're not they're not succeeding well in the past game, which has been their bread and butter for the last three years. And it's, it's, it's not a good sign. It, it's, it's not a good sign schematically. They need a complete overhaul. So, yeah. And I mean, really the only way to, to the only way, like you said, for this not to be considered a, a full tilt disappointment season is to quote my favorite movie coach, Lou Brown. There's only one thing left to do. Oh, sorry. This was, uh, this wasn't him. This, this wasn't the coach. Uh, I am misquoting. So give me a second. It's uh, there's Jake Taylor. There's only one thing left to do win the whole fucking thing. Yeah, because that that those were your expectations, and if you don't hit it, uh, you're going to be the big biggest. And unless like the Patriots lose in the first round, or you know the Packers get blown out in the the divisional weekend or something like that, like you're going to be the biggest disappointment of the year unless you make it at least make the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. The the standard the bar was raised last year, and they have not uh, they have not they have not reached it. So, um, but that is it, everybody. That is a wrap on this week's discussion topic episode, your third quarter season awards. We are in for, as Jazz said, a very, very exciting final month. I am ready. I am elated. It uh, kind of sad in a little bit, in, in a way too, right? Kind of a little sad that the football season's almost over already, but, um, but it, this is the best time of the year when it comes to being a football fan. Very, very exciting stuff. Uh, Josh, thank you so much as always, my man. Of course, make sure you go check out his shows on our network as well. The produce producers, hats, hats, and stats, tip of the cap, and common debauchery. Um, and of course, his uh, his, his his show shot takes as well. That's uh, it's it's a radio show, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So make sure you go check all that stuff out if you want to see him swear more. And, uh, and I don't and, swear on the radio. Yeah, okay, not on the radio, but the other stuff. Um, as we talked about last week, my brother's a huge Derek Jaws fan. Uh, I think he likes him more than he likes me, and I understand it because it's Jaws. So, um, it's okay, but, I like you more than I like me. So, th- th- thank you, sir. Oh, comes full circle. It does, which is impressive because I have a, I have an ego like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, (laughs) love you buddy all right everybody thank you so much for tuning in i appreciate you as always until next time the two-point conversation is intercepted